Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into David Lynch's Wild at Heart. Yes. It feels like we're doing like a momentous occasion or something because we've just been doing so much Twin Peaks and like Mm -hmm. we're doing a movie again. (laughs) I know. I was thinking while I was watching this, just because it has that David Lynch vibe, like it's like, what was the last David Lynch movie I even watched? And it feels like, was it Blue Velvet? Maybe it was a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, last time we've done... The first movie we did was Blue Velvet, and then we did Eraserhead, right, I got and then we up. did Straight Story. Straight Story, that's right. Yeah, and then we've done a lot of Twin Peaks, and this was filmed... Oh, I have, like, specific notes on that, but, like, this yeah. was after the Twin Peaks pilot, but before season one. I think we yes. might have said that wrong on a previous episode, because apparently there's, like misinformation amongst the fan community about Uh um because a lot of people attribute like season two of twin peaks not being as good as they wanted it to be to david lynch being busy with wild at heart but he had actually Mm. already finished wild at heart right so it really had nothing to do with it so (laughs) i have some specific stuff on that maybe we'll talk about later but yeah but it's right around that time this is like the perfect time to do it because we're doing Twin Peaks. So this was like the beginning of Twin Peaks where he was doing this and oh, there's just, it's yes. got every David Lynch actor. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. The collaborator. <laughs> Literally, I was like looking through the cast list and even just watching them on the, um, the screen. I was like, I know all these people. I feel like I know them all personally. I know. And like, even just like, the editor and the sound person. I would say the composer and everything. And even though this is the first time he's worked with the author, the author goes on to do a couple other things <laughs> yeah. with him down the road. Angelo, Angelo Badalamenti does the music. Mm-hmm. It's just like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's like a who's who of David Lynch. Yeah. And I am so excited to talk about it because my memory of it, I guess maybe we should go ahead and do first impressions. Yeah. Uh, Because my memory of it is that I watched it when I was like, maybe I want to say 19 because I was like at college, Mm -hmm. but it was still early on. And my my only really memory of it is that it had Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern and there was a lot of sex and Mm -hmm. a lot of violence. And that's all I remember. (laughs) And now looking back on it, that was correct. But that was only like a fraction of what this movie is, I think. Right. Yeah, it's a little bit um, like the surface level almost, like just getting to yeah. the good stuff. Which I always feel about David Lynch. It's like my first impression of his work is always different than the second time. And the second time is always mm. so much better. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. There's a lot that, like to be missed in this one. Yeah, definitely. So uh, what's your first impression? Well, this was my first time watching it. And I, don't, I didn't know exactly what to expect um, just because I feel like out of all of his movies, this is probably the one that I've heard more on the least end about. And so uh-huh. but I was really excited to see like Laura Dern was in it. And I was like, oh, young Nicolas Cage, like, what's that <laughs> going to be like? And it was, I had a lot of fun watching it. I never felt that any, because it was very like sexual, a lot of like, I wouldn't say graphic sex scene because it was the 90s, but I was like, it wasn't gra- really that graphic. I was kind no. of watching it and being like, okay, it's just close ups of hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like an occasional, like a, a lot of uh, topless women. That was like the theme. I feel like almost every scene <laughs> had at least one topless woman. But it never felt like gratuitous and necessarily violent towards the woman, which was great. No. I really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed Nicolas Cage's performance. But I think him and Laura Dern, I just thought they had like yeah. great chemistry. It was a great love story. Yeah. Um, I never realized it was like a book. And, mm-hmm. you know, learning a little bit more about the book makes me think, you know, it fits in with David Lynch and what yes. the kind of stuff I imagine he likes mm-hmm. so well. And, but he like did his own thing with it. And I love the like Wizard of Oz parallels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some blatant, some not. <laughs> it's just such a like, it's like such a melodrama, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's funny, some of the notes that I found out about it, like the way people reacted to like some of the test screenings. Yeah. 
Very interesting. I can't wait to talk all about it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, a lot of it is what I really appreciated about it was that it was like, like you said, a melodrama and just very much in that soapy vein of Twin Peaks, which is, I think I was like, I feel like I'm sort of still watching some Twin Peaks characters. <laughs> but I it, I was like, oh, when we find out that she's only 20 and he's not that much older than her, I was like, this is like the perfect, young, ridiculous, over-the-top romance. Yeah. With like all the like, good stuff. They never fought, which was great. I yeah, it was like Romeo and Juliet without the tragic ending. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, oh, well, maybe we should just go ahead and get into notes because I just want to like talk about everything about it. Oh, but I will say before yes. we actually really get into it, um, the only problem with this movie is that there's only one way to watch it and you have to get the DVD. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's weird. not that expensive to get the collector's edition Blu-ray. It's only like $17, which is I think pretty good for a Blu-ray with yeah. lots of special features. But there's like no streaming service. You can't buy it through a digital copy. You can't rent it. So weird. <laughs> so it might be difficult for people to watch along with us, but you can buy it on Amazon. It's like the DVD. Yeah. And it's a good investment because it's a really good DVD. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, have DVDs <laughs> or Blu-rays. Yeah. yeah, I would say it's a good investment because this is like one of those movies where you kind of like love the characters and you kind of want to like watch it over and over again just to kind of like <laughs> see what you missed because it's yeah. always a David Lynch thing. You always miss something. Definitely. And actually, David Lynch, there is a special on the DVD about the making of a DVD. And it's a lot of interviewing David Lynch about like, basically, it's like having to color correct an entire movie again like frame by frame Mm -hmm. is you have to make sure it all matches for the DVD as opposed to how it was for the film. So I think that's probably why it hasn't been because it would just be like a whole nother round of color correcting because I'm sure David Lynch wants to see all every frame himself. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, this is my project and I will see (laughs) all of it. Yeah. But uh, definitely worth it because it was a fun ride fun right <laughs> yeah and i would say also like the interviews with the cast members because all the cast was so they made like really bold choices like i really love seeing like the thought process and like the decisions they came to it was really interesting yeah well let's go ahead and get into the notes because i'm excited yes. to get into this <laughs> yes All right, so for Wild at Heart, let's see. It was released August 17th of 1990. It was directed by David Lynch, and it was also the screenplay was written by David Lynch and the novel written by Barry Gifford. Yes. Apparently, from what I um, heard on the DVD, Mm -hmm. Barry Gifford, David Lynch came to Barry Gifford and asked him to do the rewrite you know to write the screenplay of it and he didn't mm-hmm. have time because he was working on some other stuff i think maybe like this the next novel or whatever and right david lynch <laughs> did it like a week <laughs> or two weeks or something something yeah crazy. something crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah because yeah, i think i read that initially he was like wants to be a pro- he wanted to produce it um and then yeah i was like i don't have time to do this and he was like well if i'm gonna write it i guess i'll direct it <laughs> <laughs> Those guys. All right. So for our cast, uh, like we said, a very David Lynch heavy cast. Oh, my God. Um, Except for like Nicolas Cage. Yeah. (laughs) All have worked with him again. Yeah. We have Nicolas Cage as Sailor Ripley. um, Laura Dern as Lula. So good. (laughs) He is really good. You know, my I would say my initial foray into Nicolas Cage was like, oh, gosh, it was like a. Christmassy movie where that was it called like Family Man or something like that. The Family Man, <laughs> where it's like some I weird thing where he's like, one day he wakes up and he's not the father of three kids married to this woman. He's actually a CEO millionaire. What? I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much like, you know, like late 90s, early 2000s, like sort of rom com sort of like Christmas movie. But my dad really <laughs> liked it. And so we watched that a lot. But this is like a no way different thing. It was really yeah. interesting to see him. What was the movie he did with Cher where he ate a cockroach? 
think that was the first one I ever <laughs> saw him in. <laughs> <laughs> Something Moonlight. Oh, um, yeah. Isn't it Moonlight? It might be Moonlight. <laughs> Is that it? One it's one of, of those moon- movies that moonshine? came on HBO a lot <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> and we have Laura Dern as Lula. Also uh, amazing. <laughs> yes, I love the way she good. stood like this the whole time. Yes, <laughs> her hand behind her head the whole time. You can't see what I'm doing, but I'm clutching the side of my head. <laughs> my elbow out sharply. <laughs> and throwing her head to the side. And uh, I would say probably at least 50% of her dialogue was screaming, which was, he was really good at. I was like, I was like, good Lord. Yes. <laughs> She's so good. Um, and then we have Willem Dafoe as Bobby Peru with the worst teeth I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. <sighs> God, I hate those teeth. <laughs> J.E. Freeman as Santos Crispin Glover as Dell uh, Diane Ladd yeah he was like oh I thought he was because I saw him in the cast list I was like oh Crispin Glover but he played like a two second character he's barely in it um, and then we have the amazing Diane Ladd as Marietta Fortune my favorite oh, I didn't this movie. realize until I was watching the special features that she was Laura Dern's mother actual yes. real life mother <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I remember in the special features, they were interviewing Laura Dern about, and she was talking about like the first scene they shot was the bathroom scene between Marietta and Sailor, and that he came out after the scene was like, he was like, that's your real actual mother. And she, <laughs> and she was like uh, saying how she had no idea what scene they filmed. He's like, she, but she was thinking like, must have been like a very poignant scene because <laughs> he was like, that's your real mom. Yeah. She was definitely in the special features being like, it's really impossible to like act with your mom and not be completely honest because like you both kind of know what you're using as like your triggers to get to the emotional state that you need to get to. And so it's like a weirdly honest kind of thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it's very vulnerable. Like you're showing a side of yourself that you've never seen before. But the other person hasn't. <laughs> but then we have Calvin Lockhart as Reggie, Isabella Rossellini as Perdita, mm-hmm. uh, which I was very excited to see her. I think Diane Ladd went on to be in another David Lynch movie as well. I can't remember which um, one. Maybe Inland Empire or maybe Mulholland Drive, Lost Highway. I can't remember which one. <laughs> yeah, one of those. She's got so much. I was like, let we'll, me go look it we'll up. We'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> yeah, because I was swiping and I was like, oh, there's so much because she's such yeah, a... you can't. <laughs> Legendary actor. We have Harry Dean Stanton as Johnny Farragut. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Grace Zabriskie as Juana. Wow. <laughs> that was a, quite a performance. <laughs> yeah. It was very, very different than uh, Sarah Palmer. Very different. But equally intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sherilyn Fenn as the girl in the accident, which was... All these random memorable scenes. <laughs> I know. I was like... And I, I liked his... Um, I read into his David Lynch's breakdown of that scene and how like he wanted it to be like her to be like this porcelain doll. Like and you see it kind <laughs> yes. of deteriorating in front of you. And it was just like this really crazy scene that was like very jarring almost. I think in a future movie, he has a similar crash that he also described the same way with a porcelain doll so it's obviously yeah. some sort of imagery that is very influential to him <laughs> yeah i think it, it was like mulholland drive is the next one that <laughs> he's oh, like maybe. porcelain doll car crash oh yeah maybe that's it <laughs> we have marvin kaplan as uncle pooch william morgan shepherd as mr reindeer oh. david patrick kelly as drop shadow who is very oh, i was like it was random and I was like, he looks like he belongs in the Matrix because of his tiny, <laughs> tiny black glasses. <laughs> Freddie Jones as George Kovic, uh, John Laurie as Sparky, Jack Nance as Double O Spool. I wouldn't be able to tell you any of these people's names from watching this movie. Like I barely no. knew Mar- Mar- Marietta's <laughs> name. I kept calling her Mama Mama in the notes because I yes. was like, I don't know her name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they really don't ever say her name <laughs> except like three times. <laughs> Pruitt Taylor Vince as Buddy, Greg Dandridge as Bob Ray Lemon, Glenn Walker Harris Jr. as Pace. I love and that Fran- David Lynch has names for all these characters though, even though like yes. <laughs> none of them ever get set on screen. <laughs> And they're all names like Bobby Ray Lemon and like, you yes. know, very specific. <laughs> um, and then Francis Bay as Madam, 
which I thought was like a fun little like cameo. Oh yeah, she's in a lot of his stuff too. She was wasn't she was in Blue Velvet and she was in Twin Peaks. Yeah, she's <laughs> it's so crazy. And then let's see what other sort of little trivia I can dig up. I think we're probably good because we're already like fifteen minutes in. Oh okay. Unless you want to talk about like winning the awards that it won or something. Yeah, didn't um. So- Diane Ladd win like an Oscar for it. <laughs> she definitely got nominated for supporting actress. And just so funny because you know, it was like so like either people hated this movie or people liked it a lot. At least like with critics. Yeah. I think it also won the Palme d'Or. It did. I can't <laughs> and it was finished. <laughs> Apparently they finished like editing it the day before. The day before. <laughs> so what was the other movie? Was it Razorhead? That was exact oh we also watched Dune. Don't forget about Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> oh, so apparently there's like, I, I guess a quote called A Prayer for the Wild at Heart Trapped in Cages. And it was a subtitle to the play Stairs to the Roof by Tennessee Williams, who apparently is the cousin of Diane Ladd. And I guess you really? Like, yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> what like American royalty she is. <laughs> yeah. Laura Dern is really. Yeah, and then there was like, um, they were saying like a lot of these actors are also tied to Martin Scorsese because they've done a lot of work with him. And then that also like Isabella Rossellini was married to Martin Scorsese at some point. (laughs) There was a lot of that was like a lot of cross between like, oh, everyone was basically destined to make this movie because they all somehow had this (laughs) connection multiple times over. Yeah, well, they did a great job. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into the recap because I am just ready to talk about it. (laughs) Me too. I just, the first thing I wrote on my page was, it's been forever since I've seen this movie. (laughs) Because I wrote the recap the first time I rewatched it. So, (laughs) there might be some, like, not knowing what's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we start off with the match lighting, because that is definitely the theme of this movie. (laughs) Yes, lots of fire imagery. (laughs) Yeah. The titles come in, like, real strong, and then there's, like, a raging inferno during them, mm-hmm. <laughs> which actually is a fire that we learn about near the end. Yes. It took me two times watching it to be like, okay, I get what this fire is now. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we can see many credits. All of his favorites are in this movie. <laughs> and yeah. literally recognize every name. Like, I think it's Dwayne Dunham and Frederick Elms, like all of them. <laughs> Yeah, I remember seeing, I was like taking mental note. I was like, oh my God, all, like Cheryl Lee's in this movie and Jalen yes. Finn. And I was like, let me take mental note and remember to look out for this. Yeah. So we start with like some swing music and we're in Cape Fear, somewhere near the Carolina border. It's like a fancy building with fancy people wearing fancy clothes. Mm-hmm. And they're Nick Cage and Laura Dern, Sailor and Lula are just mm-hmm. on these big steps. And this guy comes up to Nick Cage and he's like, he's, he's talking about how he was trying to have sex with Laura Dern's mom in a bathroom. <laughs> I think he was <laughs> saying that Nicolas Cage was mm-hmm. because we find out later. Right. And then he pulls out a knife and is like, I'm supposed to kill you. <laughs> It doesn't seem all that menacing, honestly. It's like a tiny knife. And he's like, I mean, she told me to do it, but it seems like you could have just talked your way out of that one. But instead, Nicolas Cage beats him to to death. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, it was, the escalation was pretty crazy because it was like small pocket knife to him being thrown against the wall (laughs) over and over again. It was pretty graphic. Laura Dern screams in the background. Yeah, (laughs) just screaming sailor. (laughs) Yeah, everybody at this event, whatever it is, is watching mm-hmm. and and not interfering. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then he points a very accusing finger at Mama, <laughs> which is Mama. funny because in Jane Austen recaps, I'm always putting Mama, and I have to remember to say Mama because it sounds weird when I say it in the southern way, and so now mm-hmm. it's hard for me to get back into the Mama, <laughs> Mama, <laughs> Mama. Okay, so now we're at the P. Diddy Correctional Institute. 
<laughs> did you say no, P. Diddy? <laughs> I don't know why I said P. Diddy. Because <laughs> it looks weird. P. <laughs> I did kind of like see like when it said P. D. I was like, is this some like David? This feels this feels very David Lynch. The naming of this person. <laughs> I don't know why I said P. Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's P. E. E. D. E. E. Ed. P. D. Correctional Institute and. Cage is in a cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and someone is watching in a crystal ball. Very Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yes, very. So our first real Wizard of Oz, like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what you call it, overlay <laughs> to the story. Yeah. And every time that we got the crystal ball, I also, because Isabella Rossellini is in this, I always get very, like, death becomes her because she oh. is kind of like, you know, like the witchy person in that. Uh-huh. Well, we find out it's 22 months and 18 days later, and he makes a call for Lula, and <laughs> Mama answers and says that if he thinks about seeing Lula, he's dead. And that's when I figure out his name is Sailor Ripley, which is a crazy mm-hmm. name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although I was thinking the whole time, I was like, Sailor is kind of like a great name it is a great name but it's just so it. hard when you're first hearing it to be like what did they say <laughs> because sailor Ripley. your name doesn't i mean your brain doesn't automatically think sailor is a name but right just hold on. okay so then <laughs> lula comes downstairs clutching the side of her hair <laughs> i was demonstrating earlier <laughs> and growls <laughs> growls like hell when told she isn't to see him <laughs> growls like hell I guess <laughs> I don't remember. She does using make most a recently. She That's does make one of her screamy, growly noises. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, there wasn't really like a line. She says she just does her like yeah her normal yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna mention at the beginning because it's on DVD. We had to swap it, and so I haven't yeah. seen it in a few days. So I feel like uh, maybe it's not as fresh in my brain. <laughs> and I said, "This mama is intense." <laughs> <laughs> With the. Super long acrylics. <laughs> yeah. And we haven't even scratched the surface. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Lula picking up Sailor from jail in a convertible. And she brings him his snakeskin jacket. <laughs> <And> <laughs> he, says, he tells us for the first time that it represents his individuality and belief in personal freedom. i read that that was apparently his own jacket that he asked david lynch if he could wear for the movie Uh and after they finished wrapping he gave it to laura (laughs) perfect jacket i love that jacket it just really fits in with the whole elvis thing too that yeah because they're very like she's kind of a marilyn monroe he's kind of elvis it's like Mm -hmm. very american icon yeah i was just about to say (laughs) This is a very American the of film. Oz, the road, you know, it was, it's just very like iconic. Wild also. West almost lately, like in the later yeah. part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so they have sex to rock music in a red light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it kind of goes into jazz. The music is really interesting because of the way it's very fantasy-like, the music. Because yeah. it would, like be one thing and then it'll turn to something completely different. But everyone totally goes along with it every time. <laughs> okay, jazz held up by feet. Oh, okay, yeah, he's got like, um, he's holding the radio on his feet. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to jazz and uh, Lula's in the bathroom and she's having like a flashback of her father's friend having raped her when she was 13. Mm-hmm. Although they don't show, I mean, he doesn't really, it's really interesting because they don't ever come out and say it and they definitely don't show it explicitly, but you just see her crying with like a bloody nose and you see the man. Mm-hmm. So, but it implies it very, like you understand what's going on. So I just thought that was really, Oh yeah. I like the way David Lynch, a lot of the more like incendiary stuff is like, or, you know, like graphic stuff is done really subtly, I think. Yeah, it's not trying to be, like, in your face. But it seems more intense than it really is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she says that her mother didn't know anything about it, but then we see her mom come in and start beating this guy, so. Yes. (laughs) Then we see a flashback of a car going off a cliff and blowing up. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess her mom didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, took care of it. And... 
Lula hears a woman laughing and is creeped out in the room next door. Mm, which we later find out why. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> yeah, there was, a, I can't remember at what point, if it's maybe towards the end or so, but we hear her mom like, oh yeah, when it's like the flashback of them setting the fire that killed her dad. Oh. Her mom is like laughing evilly, and, and, but it also sounds like the Wicked Witch of the West laugh. <sighs> This is why we need two of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I was like, the minute I saw that, I was like, ah, light bulb. <laughs> okay. So uh, Mama, also known as Marietta, <laughs> <laughs> is talking to Harry Dean Stanton, also known as Johnny. <laughs> mm-hmm. She is telling him that she wants to hire a hitman and he doesn't trust her not to be sleeping with someone namely santos it's very like throws you in at the deep end and you're just like okay i'm figuring this out this is the first scene where we get some very twin peaks sounding jazz like it Mm -hmm. sounds like it could straight be off the twin peaks soundtrack then they kiss no tongue i don't know why i wrote that unless it's like something. oh she said she was like they went to go like kiss and she was like (laughs) she was like "Uh -uh uh-uh no tongue i just put on my lipstick Okay, okay, okay. And, oh, Johnny defends Sailor, saying he's not a murderer. He was defending his and Lula's life. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, like, when that part happened, I was like, and he was saying how everyone there saw it. And I was like, why did he go to jail? Well, he went for manslaughter. That's why it wasn't very uh, long. Right, 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 right. You know, it was just, like, a little, it was a little less than two years. That's right. You're right. So, okay, so, m- <laughs> Mama... Mama remembers back, (laughs) Marietta remembers back, she was drunk and she followed Sailor into the restroom, propositioning him. Mm -hmm. And then back at the present, she says that she doesn't remember. There's a lot of people lying. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but but she was also (laughs) very intoxicated, so it could be that she barely remembers that too. That's true, we just saw her remembering it. (laughs) That's true, that's right, it's a flashback. (laughs) (laughs) She starts to cry very fakely. I don't know if that was the mm. proper word, but as Johnny promises to do everything he can to bring Lula back home. And then we go back to Lula and Sailor. <laughs> and now there are two that I never had a problem with their names because I feel like they say their names a lot in this movie. <laughs> yes. Lula. They're always screaming at each other, Lula, Sailor. <laughs> <laughs> Sailor. <laughs> Lula is saying that Johnny is a a detective and a good one. Because I guess she's afraid that (laughs) Marietta is going to send him after them. Mm -hmm. And Sailor tells her there's a reason she wants to keep them apart. And he remembers her in the restroom saying when he was a driver for Santos, he learned too much and he got too close to fire. Mm. And he tells her she'll have to kill him to keep him away from Lula. He says he wants to break parole and take Lula to California. (laughs) (laughs) Bad decision right off the bat. (laughs) Yeah, and she was just like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Like a normal 20-year-old. Although maybe it is a good decision because if they had stayed there, it would have just, you know, they would have been after him even sooner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would have been nice if they had just went straight to California instead of taking some, you know, pit stops on the way. But <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So they go dancing. I really like this scene. Me too. It's like a really like heavy rock dance party. Laura Dern gets, I said, get off the floor, Laura Dern. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is like one of those like, so over the top, over dramatized like dance scenes. Like she's on the floor, like whipping around to like heavy <laughs> metal music, which is like <laughs> I've never seen that before, but I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if they show how gross that floor would be, but having oh, yeah. owned a bar and worked in bars, I I know that but, floor was definitely sticky. Yeah, I think they showed it being disgusting. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> It's not really dance music, but everyone's dancing. No. <laughs> it's like thrashing. <laughs> thrash, thrash music. Thrash mode. And this is like 1990, so still yeah. like late 80s hair rock type of time period. Yeah. This is like, um, isn't this like the, the transition to like Iron Maiden? And... Probably, probably. Some guy comes up and puts his hands on Lula and Sailor stops the band with a gesture. 
<laughs> he gives the guy a chance to apologize. And instead he calls him an asshole and pushes him to the ground. Bad choice. And then he apologizes and Sailor lets him go. <laughs> yes. After Sailor oh, so like, I think, fights yeah. him. So he calls him an asshole and Sailor pushes him to the ground. And then yes. he apologizes. <laughs> Sailor lets him go. <laughs> and Lula's like... Oh, hell, you just messed with the wrong girls all. <laughs> <laughs> it almost was like, I was like, she's never in any sort of danger at all, really, in the scene. No. So she's just like, whatever. She's so kind of like innocent for being not innocent, you know? Like, yeah. She's so sexual, but she never seems to be in fear that anyone besides Sailor will make any attempt. <laughs> yeah, she feels to hit on her and, or anything. <laughs> right, and I don't know. I don't know if it's like naivety, but she always feels like she's like oh, I'm safe with Sailor. Nothing will happen to me. Yeah, that's probably it too. So then Sailor takes the mic and starts singing like Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> this was my favorite part of yes. the entire movie. Accompanied by screaming girls, like all of the rocker girls are just like total sexies. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he even has like a spotlight. Mm-hmm. And Lula is just swooning away. And it's just really funny. <laughs> it is. It was so like cartoonish because he was just like, let's see if you guys know this one. And it's like this <laughs> heavy metal band, like Headbangers Ball. And then they're just like, we're going to play an old classic, like jazzy tune. Yeah, the old Elvis song. I didn't write down what one, but I know it's not Love Me Tender. <laughs> it's not because she is waiting for that one. Yeah. Okay, so then more sex <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of dreamy lots of wizard of oz references mm-hmm. they talk about when they started smoking and he says he started at four it's <laughs> <laughs> like oh. yeah. and she is like 12 i think mm-hmm. is what she says which is also crazy yeah for me and he's yeah both of them i mean you know it is north carolina <laughs> yeah it's the south in the 90s or 80s his mother and father are both dead of smoking or and or alcohol related illness mm. he says he didn't have much parental guidance <laughs> which i think he, that might be where he also says that the lawyer his lawyer when he got the manslaughter charge mm-hmm. used that in court like he didn't have any parental guidance so Right. (laughs) (laughs) She says that her dad died in a fire, and her mother told her that he poured kerosene on himself and lit a match. Hmm. Sounds like, ugh, it's the worst way to go. (laughs) I know. Who would do that unless you were making, like, a political statement? (laughs) Yeah, which, like, even in that case, it's just, like, it seems like the most painful way to die. Yeah. Ugh, gosh. Okay, so... Then we see Marietta again talking to Johnny. Mm-hmm. And she really goes through like the wig changes. <laughs> yes. This one, she has super long hair on and she's wearing like makeup as if she's like a little kid. Like, mm-hmm. just, like she doesn't know how to put it on properly. It's really interesting to hear her talk about how she came up with this character because she mm-hmm. said at the time, like there were so many advertisements like, if you don't buy, if you buy this brand of lipstick, then your whole life will be perfect. And like she was trying to portray her as a character who like bought into all this, but like oh, yeah. none of it really made her life perfect, so it made her crazy. Yes. Anyway, so yeah, so that's just like really short. She's talking to Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see the kids have officially broken parole. They're on the road. Interspersed with the scene, we see Mama talking to Santos. Back and so it's going back and forth. Lula mm-hmm. says she'll send Mama a postcard so she won't worry. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Mama is asking Santo to kill Sailor. <laughs> yeah, she's a little in. She's a little in too deep. I think that she yeah. realizes. Yeah, which it's kind of sad because honestly, Sailor and Lula seem to really love each other so far. Yeah, and they seem to have a surprisingly functional relationship. yeah (laughs) well i mean you know she is just like this very like not mentally well and has had this like break with reality where she's like he turned me down so he's the worst and he needs to die 
But it is surprising. I mean, and also the, the fire. I could see this relationship, this Lula Sailor one, in other movies being very lopsided and mm-hmm. you know but like he really treats her really well and they just really yeah. seem to have a really good relationship with each other yeah what's crazy is that like like you said like in other movies i feel like he because he was in prison he would like have this sort of persona of being like either borderline abusive or abusive right. but he yeah. is very very respectful of her and even as like was saying the the thing he missed most about her was her mind because it was so unique and (laughs) it was really sweet that line was very sweet I was like "Ah, these are like the best people ever yeah and she's like I'm you know you know you are actually trying to pleasure me (laughs) you know like you are seeing what you know my body well and you are Mm -hmm. doing a good job (laughs) which i just think is a really cool conversation to be having in a movie especially yeah very mature for a 20 year old yeah okay okay meanwhile santo is telling mama the best way to kill someone and he says there's one condition he wants to kill johnny and she says no but he seems to take that as a yes (laughs) (laughs) he's like no is not an option yeah (laughs) So <laughs> the kids are car dancing to jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Santos calls Mr. Reindeer, <laughs> who we see, I think this is where we see him on a toilet with a naked girl yeah. <laughs> prostitute, I assume. She looked very one-eyed jacks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that Rana Pulaski? <laughs> <laughs> there was also a line reading somewhere where they said something about like, blah, 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 one-eyed jacks. And I was like, that yes. is so... <laughs> funny but he's talking about a penis (laughs) yes (laughs) i was like oh no no i was like david you're just weaving these movies all your projects together i know it's the david lynch universe (laughs) oh so also mr reindeer i think santos is mr reindeer's drug dealer or like he gives him drugs and mr reindeer like hires out Mm -hmm. killers for him something like that it's very like weird and all what's the word it's like when you're using code like yeah cryptic cryptic yes all very cryptic (laughs) he says to drop him a couple of silver dollars one for each kill i assume Hmm. but everyone's going to new orleans (laughs) (laughs) or new orleans and mr reindeer calls a lady with a french accent and a leg brace and a cane i don't know if we we only see her in silhouette in this part yeah and then he calls someone else and i said someone else even sketchier i presume but then we find out later that it's actually isabella rossellini so Mm -hmm. maybe bobby peru someone at that house (laughs) yeah i was like one of those two which either way i mean (laughs) they both seem very untrustworthy yeah but um all the new orleans scenes are like so i mean new orleans just doesn't change because it looks exactly the same Uh, except for that there was no one on the streets in this movie <laughs> normally yeah just, like, i was like hmm, seems very empty <laughs> but once we're there we see david patrick kelly mm-hmm. is like scatting to someone <laughs> as the kids drive into town who we've i can't remember his name but we find out who he is later mm-hmm. yeah and so we have uh, some more sex scenes <laughs> but this is like where i was like they're really just a bunch of short close-ups and red light so far like at this point yeah i've seen like close-up of hand close-up of face you know there's like that graphic in any way (laughs) no 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 especially like no by today's standards it's like you know this is (laughs) it's a little like almost i wouldn't say buttoned up but it's very much like these aren't like as graphic as they can be but they kind of use that imagery of Laura Dern's Lula's hand, like unfurling and her nails, like you can see all her red nails and everything. That's kind of like her, the yeah. symbol of like, oh, they're having sex. Yeah. And there's always like a red light or a match mm-hmm. or, you know, especially like after they're done with sex, they always have close up of the match while they're having their like cigarette mm-hmm. <laughs> and their pillow talk, which they have at this point. They decide to go out and at the bar, they meet a man from Dune. <laughs> he's also in the elephant man which we haven't watched yet but we will someday one of the only older ones we haven't watched so far right he's i guess freddie jones is his real name but 
Mm -hmm. or George Kovic. I can't remember which one is his real name and which one is his name in the... I think it's George Kovic. Is his real name or his character name? That's his real name, I believe. His character name is Freddie Jones. Okay. He comes up to them and squawks. It's it's really weird. Like his voice is like a chipmunk. (laughs) (laughs) And he says something about diseases and they just kind of smile. And I have... Back in the day, occasionally, I did a few drugs now and then, (laughs) psychoactive (laughs) ones. And I do remember having a couple of weird experiences where it was like, suddenly, like one person would just sound like they talk like a chipmunk. It was like, every time you talk, (laughs) you sound like a chipmunk. Everyone else is fine, but you are a chipmunk. (laughs) (laughs) Something about you. (laughs) But they're not on drugs, so I don't know why. I think think it was just one of those hypnotic David Lynch scenes where something is just only like one thing is off yeah (laughs) okay so back at home mariette is having second thoughts but santo says there's no going back and then she mushes lipstick into her wrist this is is where it starts yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay then we see this is interesting mr reindeer is having dinner with a brothel's worth of women who are being (laughs) reprimanded by miss streamon from twin And a man with the silver dollar comes in with the limping lady who is named Juana. Is it Juana Perdido or that? I, that's, I think her name is just Juana. She's just Juana. And that's Grace Zabriskie. And Drop Shadow, who is David Patrick Kelly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Drop Shadow. That's just such a weird reference. I was like, uh, this character belongs in the Matrix, even though the Matrix was made to like 10 years later. But still. It would be perfect because <laughs> Drop Shadow is like, it's like a, a graphic design thing, like when you're doing yeah. text. So it would actually fit it really well with the um, Matrix. So <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Reindeer gives the envelope with the instructions. And there's also a fire breather there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of this is very Twin Peaks-esque. And it's not the same weird mythology as Twin Peaks, but it's like mm-hmm. its own version of like a weird subterranean society that has its own rules and its own weird quirks that you're just gonna have to figure out along the way <laughs> it reminded me the scene of the scene in uh, blue velvet where they're in that like house and there's like like one woman by herself dancing and there's like some people on the couch like knocked out or something and like all this stuff is happening in the background yes very much so or Eraserhead going to Mary and mm-hmm. his family and all their weirdness. It's just so yeah. David Lynch loves like a weird situation. That's like, this has its own rules. And we're never going to tell you what they are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then we see a woman in blue singing at the bar. Blue though. Mm-hmm. Um, say, actually, no, no, no. I think it, I think I only mentioned it because she was really good. And I was like, I want this thing mm-hmm. <laughs> to be <laughs> I want to know what this song is. Sailor's telling Lula about a sexual encounter involving a room full of assault weapons and <laughs> how he got a woman hotter than Georgia Asphalt. I <laughs> know oh, she said that. She was like, Oh, she, was... she said he got her. Oh, she, oh okay. The story Lula got said her. That. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Lula was like, uh oh, sailor, <laughs> you so better this is what take me when back. I have just three days between when I've watched a movie and what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. I missed the details. <laughs> just more reason okay, for so, it to be on streaming. Exactly. Come on, David Lynch, you put all your Please. stuff on YouTube. I think you can put Wild at Heart somewhere online that we can find it. <laughs> so then we get some more fiery sex. <laughs> and we get more than just red coloring this time. We get some green and purple. And they're having a post-coital convo. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Mommy Dearest is smearing pink lipstick all over her face. That was dun, dun, dun. A, very, <laughs> a very jarring scene. Yes. <laughs> and when we're like, okay, I get it. No wonder she just decided, yeah, let's skip up your bail and move across the country. Yeah. <laughs> so Lula tells Sailor a story about Jingle Dale or Crispin Glover. <laughs> he was definitely like, I mean, from the story she tells, he was clearly like schizophrenic or something. Yeah, he had like, some sort of voices. mental ailment. He's very He's paranoid <laughs> with aliens coming to Earth with black gloves. Mm-hmm. He 
would make like a million sandwiches into the night and put cockroaches in his pants. (laughs) I hated that. (laughs) (laughs) And then he disappeared and no one has seen him since. And I don't know what relevance that has to anything else in the story. Maybe you know, maybe because you just watched it. But um, <laughs> I think it was, it was, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it in like its relevance to like the actual story. It just felt like, I don't know, because it wasn't like a very sexy story. So it wasn't like they were trading that, but maybe she was just trading stories. It almost seems was, like, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, like, it seems like the stories that she tells Sailor are all like, they have some sort of element of like tragedy to them. Um, And then the ones that he tells seem to have some sort of either like, I don't know, maybe like danger, adventure, Mm, some aspect. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's an interesting story and it's just a Mm -hmm. weird little interlude. You know, I think maybe it's just saying how hard life can be. Yeah. (laughs) But that people, even with their quirks, but like, he disappeared. Then we see Johnny in his hotel room watching hyenas rip something apart, which <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. is something that happens in David Lynch. We'll have to keep an eye out that, for that because I know we will see that again. I don't know if we've seen it in the past, but we will definitely see it in the future. Mm. And then he gets a call from Marietta. And now <laughs> her face and hands are totally covered with lipstick as she but- talks to him. She says that she did something bad and now she's coming to New Orleans to tell him. And then she throws up and cries. <laughs> <laughs> like this lady is unhinged. <laughs> I know. And it's just, you know, sometimes you get those unhinged ladies and you're like, how are all these men like doing all this stuff for you? <laughs> because she is like very um, submissive and just like plays that whole like oh like you're the big strong man and you know i know well there must be like i just i feel like right there it's right there like what is her backstory there's gotta be some yeah she's got her own crazy tale she's it was like she had a hard life (laughs) so okay then we see lula and sailor they're filling up i think they're leaving new orleans she decides to drive to give him a chance to rest Mm -hmm. as she's driving she's listening to the radio and it's just like horrible news is all she can find is people saying horrible things that are happening in the world and she starts to get upset and she pulls over and she gets out of the car (laughs) he wakes up and she insists that he get her some music on the radio and they start (laughs) screaming and dancing to this like hard rock music and then the music changes to like a symphony and they start kissing and the sun is setting to this classical music and it's like a great scene Mm -hmm. i did hear laura dern talk about how it just like happened they was kind of like a last minute thing and they pulled over as the sun was setting and it just worked out perfectly so very organic Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I love the way the music, like, he finds this, like, hard rock, like, they were dancing out at the club, and, like, mm-hmm. just, like, as soon as they get out all their frustration, you know, the classical music starts, and they start kissing, and, he's, like, the sun it's is like setting. magic. Yeah. It's yeah, magic. and I liked how they were, like, dancing in, like, the desert sand, and, like, the sand was being kicked up everywhere, and it was, like, this mm-hmm. perfect little, like, hazy sunset. Yeah, it's a very cathartic kind of scene. Mm-hmm. I love that they have no clue all this other stuff that's going on in the background. Yeah. <laughs> They're just having the time of their lives. Definitely. Okay, so then we see some violins playing at a French restaurant. Mama is talking to Johnny. She she won't tell him what's up. Ugh, girl. Because she, she's a crazy liar. <laughs> <laughs> but he's easily duped by her. And... She's ready to leave now with him and go get her girl. I said, David Lynch knows how to throw some atmosphere into a transitional moment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, so then we see, because it kind of goes back and forth between the hotel and this, but Mm -hmm. we see that they're driving at night now. And the song that they're hearing is I Want to Fall in Love by Chris Isaacs, Uh. which (laughs) I have something in my notes about. um, And maybe I'll go, I'll tell it after because we're almost done but chris isaacs is in twin peaks fire walk with me and this song is in so many movies but this was the first one and this is what made the song Uh, popular was this oh wow (laughs) yeah 
Okay, so Sailor tell I think Sailor tells Lula what he's been keeping a secret, and and that is that he knew her daddy, but and that he used to do some driving for Santos, and he says that they all think that he saw something one night when he went to her house, and she puts it together that it, that was the night that her daddy, her sweet daddy, died, <laughs> <laughs> and then Lula, I guess having figured out between them the story sees her mother fly by as the wicked witch on her broom <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and she says it's shocking when things aren't the way you thought they were and then she says we're really out in the middle of it now ain't we and i thought that was the perfect <laughs> place to say it the is. halfway mark <laughs> that's perfect we're really in the middle of it now <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have no idea <laughs> Oh, it's been so long since we did a movie, you know, with two mm -hmm. episodes. I mean, normally we've done a lot of series, but, you know, an episode is not quite the same as cutting it up in the middle. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, gosh. And that's only the first half. <laughs> I know. The first time I watched it, I actually kind of stopped in the middle and came back. And it does, it kind of works. Like, I don't know, mm -hmm. something about it is like, it could be its own little self-contained like it could come out in consecutive nights and I think it would oh, yeah. being cut off right there. <laughs> it could totally be like an hour long like series. Yeah. But so that was the first half. Should we go ahead and say what our favorite parts were for the first half? Yeah. I think I said <laughs> mine already was the, um, I don't know, like the, I would say it's like the heavy metal club, I guess you could say where they're dancing and he has, you know, the, yeah altercation that he sings but just like the singing part when he starts singing that Elvis song and all, it's like this track of all these girls screaming keep playing over and over again yeah. I just love that whole scene it was so funny and so good yeah um, I would say he did all the singing himself so that's like Nicholas Cage <laughs> singing which is Cool. Yeah, I actually, I think somebody, I saw, was, saw some sort of interview where they were like, can you still do your Elvis impression? And he was like, it's been a long time. I don't think I can do it. But <laughs> <laughs> apparently he had, a, I mean, obviously this movie gave him a really good Elvis impression. Yeah. Oh my God. I, oh my gosh. Okay. Hold on. We'll come back to this. Okay. Remind me <laughs> that I have a page seven, Nicolas Cage, something to tell you. Okay. So okay. I'll say my favorite scene, I think kind of goes along with yours because it has mm. the same... Oh, kind of feel, but like when they are driving and she can't find anything good on the radio and she pulls over and they like thrash out to some heavy metal mm -hmm. and then the music swells and it's like suddenly we're in straight story, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> they did have a lot of parallels to straight story of like the cross country aspect and like the Americana and there's like so two different types of 60s, Americana. 50s. David Lynch is so 50s, mm. 60s. Like when we were talking about his influences and people were like, I don't know if he was really influenced that by that. The whole culture was influenced by the roads and the international or not yeah. um, the interstate system. And, you know, being able to travel across the country and go see all of these little destinations that you couldn't see before. Like, yeah, <laughs> whether it was a specific movie or just the whole entire culture from like Jack Kerouac to James Dean to, mm -hmm. I don't know, everything. <laughs> it feels like, like, I don't know if you've ever been to California. The people of California mm -hmm. are obsessed with roads so much so that they yes. call them all um, proper names that everyone has a, it's the nine, the 109, yeah. you know, like, because they're just, they talk about it all the time. They're obsessed. <laughs> but like, I feel like the whole country was obsessed in the fifties yeah, and sixties with roads. <laughs> And yeah, it was like the connective aspect of like, it was like the first time where you didn't necessarily need to be, you know, yeah. a person who bought a plane ticket and had a lot of money, you could just get in your car and go. Yeah. And it's kind of Wizard of Oz-ish, you know? Mm -hmm. And honestly, ugh, we haven't gotten there, but like anybody who has watched the third season of Twin Peaks, like mm -hmm. the last episode has a, a kind of like you're driving through the country and it's like, are we entering another dimension? You know, and I know I've Ooh. driven across the country and thought, Ooh, it'd be interesting if I was like entering a whole new like world, but I don't mm -hmm. know, something about like Wizard of Oz and maybe by the end is this um, next episode. <laughs> I'll figure out what I'm trying to say, but there's definitely like, I can feel the influence, you know, of the time. Yeah. Yeah. He loves those like classic Americana themes 
And that whole like connectiveness and driving is such a big thing. Well, we're not going to do any sort of final thoughts today. That's for the next episode. But yeah. let's do sorting. And I figured we would sort Sailor and Lula. But I think we should do Sailor first because yeah. I feel like Lula makes the most changes in the second half. Yeah, she. I think she comes <laughs> off a bit of a different character. Yeah. And Sailor kind of stays the same throughout. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have much growth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he does have like some realizations at the end, but... I don't think his yeah. character changes a lot. Mm-mm. Okay, well, let's see. So Sailor... Okay, so how should we sort Sailor? Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm going to say they are either water signs or fire signs. For him, I got fire sign because he seems very passionate. Yeah, I think... I mean, they both seem like fire signs. But I would say maybe Scorpio could creep in there just because they're very intense um, mm-hmm. emotionally. But I just want to say fire because there's just so much fire imagery that I feel like they yes. have to be fire signs. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say for him, I'm going to say he's probably Aries because I feel like he's cardinal <laughs> fire, which is like more of a like direct kind of a fire, you know, mm-hmm. like he gets challenged and he fights a guy, you know, like. Yes. He's kind of impulsive. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. You can see like a lot of the choices he makes in the beginning are very much in line with that. Yeah. And I'm guessing that maybe he has like a Pisces moon or a Cancer moon Mm -hmm. or something or maybe a Scorpio moon even. I was just, I'm trying to think of like what I think Lula might have. (laughs) Like, yeah, what's complimentary? Like a Scorpio venus and he would have a scorpio Mm -hmm. moon or something like that like they both have some scorpio in their charts but um (laughs) (laughs) gotta have that intensity because they are very yeah everything is like a lot for them yeah but i feel like a water moon for him yeah he's very emotional (laughs) as far as okay so that was pretty easy aries with the uh scorpio moon and I don't know about rising sign. That seems like advanced. Like, are we going to do all That's like a lot. A little, like, I don't know about that. So I think <laughs> it would still me. be maybe like a, an Aries rising, you know? It would be like mm-hmm. something matching. Okay, so uh, D&D. Yeah. Chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or maybe chaotic um, good. I was going to say chaotic good because... I think about like him and like at the like heavy metal dance place where he challenged the guy is like, he just has this challenge with this guy, but he doesn't take it over the top. He's like, once it's like resolved, he's like, that's it. No more. Yeah. Yeah. And so it seems like a lot of his interactions are like that. And he always has, especially towards Lula, the best intentions. He's always wants the best for her. Yeah. He does make one really bad choice in the second half. Yeah. (laughs) But the intentions but, are good. <laughs> yeah, he definitely doesn't have a lot of a bad intentions. So yeah, I'd say chaotic yeah. good is a good one. Yes. I'm guessing she'll be very similar in that respect. <laughs> in her own way, yes. <laughs> and now our newest, favoritest one, <laughs> which will be an interesting intellectual exercise. Mm-hmm. What would be his favorite Jane Austen character book? Oh, or who is he gosh. most resemble from a Jane Austen character book? Mm, trying to think of like who it can be the most impulsive and chaotic in her universe. <laughs> I feel like he is a Marianne and or a Wickham. Like, yes, I'm definitely drawn to sense and sensibility for them. <laughs> I was actually drawn to Pride and Prejudice. Hmm. Like, like one Lydia? of the, uh, yeah, one of the Bennett uh, sisters. Not Wickham. Definitely. Yeah, Wickham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although he's not a Wickham, but he could be a Lydia. <laughs> He's very much a Lydia in the sense that, you know, making rash decisions, thinking you are wiser than you are. (laughs) Although I think that he is a little more grounded than, like, I think he knows what he's doing. Like, even if Yeah, he's he's not as naive as Lydia. Yeah. Part of me wants to say a little bit of Mr. Elliot, but he's way too calculating for Sailor. But he might really admire an Elizabeth Bennet, you know? He might love her prejudice and be like, I just love that Lizzie Bennet, you know? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just think about like, I feel like um, in a way we can kind of get m- more in depth with Lula, but she into me in a way is almost like a Southern nineties, <laughs> late eighties, early nineties, uh, Lizzie Bennett in a way. Maybe she's smart. Uh, well, I don't want to get too far into her because we're going to do her. Yeah, right. Season, yeah. But so, like, but what was I going to say? Do you think that if he read Persuasion, do you think he would like Wentworth, or you think he would be frustrated with Wentworth? I think he would, think be, he would be frustrated. Yeah, because yeah. he would be like, "Why isn't he being straightforward? Why is he playing yeah. games?" <laughs> yeah, I could see him. Well, but you know, also what happens at the end when he comes back and is initially like, "No, I'm not good enough for you." Mm-hmm. Like maybe he would sympathize with Wentworth to a certain extent. Yeah, I think he would. And then I think he would really eat up the like the letter scene. Um, yes. He would be like, that is the most romantic thing ever. Especially him at the end of the movie. So like him and his first stint in prison, he loves Pride and Prejudice. His second stint in prison, yes. he loves Persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> Which works perfectly because it's later in life. And totally. Persuasion makes more sense the later in life you are. Yes. Yes, I agree. I love it. (laughs) It's my new favorite thing that we're doing. (laughs) Yes, I love it too. Okay, so that's it for today's episode. Except for we also have recommendations. Yes, recommendations. (laughs) Do you have one or do you want me to go first? I have one. I have one. Um, I'm going to recommend, and I don't know how many more episodes there are left of this season. So it might be mm-hmm. over by the time this one comes out. But what we do in the shadows, I've been watching. Uh, I love that the show. latest season. Is it third season or fourth season? Uh, I believe it's third. Third season. It's such a good show. It's so funny. I love Guillermo and <laughs> yeah. all, all the vampires. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like every season I have a different favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Who uh was is it uh, Laszlo? Who yes. was in the last ep- <laughs> I really like it this season. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy is that I liked him more last season. Not that I don't like him this season, but last season I feel like he was just had so much craziness. I really loved Nadia last season. <laughs> ah, I'm loving her this season, so well, we're kind of switched. Right, right, right. Same. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah, I'm gonna recommend that. I love that show. It's such a good, it's such a good rewatch too, because there are things you miss and jokes you miss. And and I always just laugh out loud, literally. (laughs) Yes. Well, do you have anything? Well, I do. Um, It'll be spooky. I'm not sure when this comes out, but it'll be the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're still feeling like residual, scary Halloween feels. Yeah, because it was just Sunday and today's. Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, you'll still have some residual yeah. cravings for something scary. Well, <laughs> I will recommend Netflix show Midnight Mass. Um, it's the same people who did the Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor. But Mark it is Lanigan. yes. Um, <laughs> but it's so different than those two. It is so completely left. Um, the twist and turns are great. The setting is really cool. It's like all about these people who like live on this like kind of island that you have to like take a ferry to and there's like the mainland and there's like Wicker these... Man much? <laughs> it's very that where they're you know there's like a religious aspect of it. It is such a very interesting story, very cool, and I would say some of the most scary imagery I've seen in a while. Uh, there there are some scenes where I was like yelling out loud because it was like I did not like that. I, oh, I watched The Haunting of Hill House and I was like, this is too scary for TV. I can't, I can't watch this. <laughs> this one, it's like, it's less imagery. It's less, like, I don't know how to describe it because I don't want to give it away, but it's just a little bit different and a, scary in a different way, I would say. Mm. And I just, I'm really enjoying it. It's got some great people in it. So I would highly recommend it. <laughs> I'm kind of sad that we're recording these today and tomorrow dune comes out because i know as soon as i watch it i'm gonna want to recommend it and i just feel like (laughs) we do pride and prejudice that maybe dune was not like the best audience for that but 
you know, maybe they'll just have to hear it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently it comes out. Oh, we're recording after this. Never mind. Because I was like, it comes out tonight at six for streaming. Tonight? I thought it was tomorrow. <laughs> um, I don't know. Josh said it was tonight. Well, we're going to miss it. <laughs> it's coming out five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, well, um, come back next week for Wild at Heart Part 2. So you can hear yes. the crazy wild ending. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear from you about your impressions of Wild at Heart. If you'd like to get in contact with us. Yes, you can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersmadnesspod. Or you can leave a one-minute voicemail on our website at mannersandmadness.com. Yes. And we hope that you will because this was a fun movie and I'd love to hear everyone's opinion on it. Yeah, definitely. I'm interested probably the most in what people have to say because it's such a very jarring film in a good way. Yes. Especially if you hadn't seen it before. Yeah. I'm wondering what you think. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for this one. And we will talk to you next week. Good night. Bye. (laughs) Sorry, there's something going over. (laughs) (laughs) Shook the house a little bit. (laughs)